Welcome to the Not Old Better Show. I'm Paul Vogelzang, and this is episode number 431. As part of our Smithsonian Associates Art of Living interview series, we have a very fun show. And Deb Amlin is the head writer and senior editor of the New York Times Wordplay column, is our guest today. Deb Amlin will speak at the Smithsonian Associates event on March 5th, 2020. And for ticket details and more information, please check it out on today's show notes and our website. You know, solving a challenging puzzle like the New York Times crossword is less about what you know and more about understanding how to penetrate those tricky clues. The New York Times crossword, which started as a way to give newspaper readers a diversion from the woes of World War II, has become the gold standard in the puzzle industry. Hundreds of thousands of people count themselves as Times crossword solvers. And many turn to the paper's crossword puzzle column, Wordplay, to get daily tips for navigating the word grid. Deb Amlin, the Times crossword columnist and senior editor of Wordplay, likes to say what kept people solving after they had their first taste of cruciverbalism, look it up. (laughs) Deb Amlin likes to think it's the humor and wordplay in crossword clues. Deb Amlin's favorite clue, it brings out the child in you. Think about it. The answer? Labor, of course. Hilarious. Deb Amlin has a great sense of humor, and she'll offer an insider's look at how the crossword puzzle evolved through history, how you can get started as a puzzle solver or improve your skills, and ways to eventually crack the code behind even the trickiest of clues. And getting better at solving one kind of puzzle might just make you a little better prepared to deal with others you encounter along the way. Please join me in welcoming to the Not Old Better Show via internet phone, Deb Amlin. Deb Amlin, welcome to the program. Well, thank you, Paul. Thank you for having me. You know, I am a crossword puzzle fan. I love them. I know many in our audience are. You'll be appearing at the Smithsonian Associates program coming up, and your presentation is going to be a great one, Why We Love Crosswords. Right. It's a puzzle is the title. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Well, uh, you know, my job is to sort of spread the love of crossword puzzles around. Um, You know, I think of myself as sort of the cherub of of crossword puzzles, shooting my little (laughs) arrows into everybody. Um, There are two parts to the New York Times crossword puzzle, and and a lot of people aren't aware of this. There is the puzzle itself, which is edited by Will Shorts and his team. And then there is Wordplay, which is the crossword column of the New York Times, and we're there to support the solvers. We, Our motto is we're here to help you solve. And that's a very important thing to us because no other newspaper provides that. A lot of people, a lot of newspapers provide crossword puzzles, but they just sort of throw people into it. And one of the things that um, struck me when I took the job about nine years ago was that anyone who found out what I did for a living would usually answer me by saying, oh, that the New York Times crossword is too hard. I I can't do that. I'm not smart enough. And, you know, that seemed like such a shame to me because, um, you know, they were denying themselves the pleasure of solving and uh, they were doing it for entirely the wrong reason because I really believe that anybody can solve the New York Times crossword puzzle. It's it's just about learning what the clues are asking you to do. It's like learning a new language. 
Uh, thank you for that. So let me ask you, historically then, tell us the history of the crossword puzzle. And and have we? And I know the Times is really the only paper to offer this uh, wordplay, uh, you know, the editorial that, that you're responsible for and the, the kind of the solvers uh, version. But has that come about recently, the solvers version? Have we... Have we just needed that recently because the puzzles have become more difficult? What were the puzzles like historically? Were they much easier? <laughs> well, I don't think so. I think that, in fact, they might have been harder. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, as, as you know, the puzzles get harder throughout the week. So <laughs> we have a weekly sort of arch to the puzzles. The hardest one is on Saturday, which a lot of people don't know. They think because Sunday is the end of the week that it's the hardest puzzle. It's not. Uh, Sunday puzzle, which is in the New York Times magazine, is actually about mid-level, mid-week level difficulty. Mm. It's just bigger. Mm. It's 21 by 21, whereas the daily puzzles are usually about 15 by 15. Mm. And uh, you had asked about the history of the crossword puzzle. Yeah, yeah. I, could, I could go on and on and on about that because <laughs> we do go back. Uh, we're actually celebrating the 78th birthday of the New York Times crossword wow. uh, recently. And uh, it started as a way to help people sort of relax and uh, decompress out after the, um, you know, the news in the rest of the paper. It started in 1942, which was the height of World War II. And the New York Times had was sort of the lone holdout. A lot of the major metropolitan newspapers at the time uh, were already carrying crossword puzzles. And uh, the Times <laughs> sort of looked down on it. They, mm-hmm. they, published a uh, an opinion piece in 1924 which goes way back that it was a uh, you know a sinful waste of time and uh, a primitive form of entertainment uh, but by 1942 they realized that you know readers needed a bit of a break mm-hmm. from the bad news and I, I think that that carries on today mm-hmm. the historical reason for having a crossword puzzle in the newspaper was not just to challenge people intellectually but also to just sort of give them a little bit of an escape from the rest of the news so uh you know that's largely the crossword puzzle is uh entertainment and that's one of the reasons i'm there is because i think that uh most people sit down to a crossword puzzle like they're sitting down to take the sat <laughs> you know they think that is as an uber intellectual test of their knowledge and it really isn't they're very entertaining they can sometimes be um I guess I don't want to call it three-dimensional as opposed to two-dimensional, although we have had those too. We we actually had a puzzle where you had to cut it out of the newspaper and fold it like origami <laughs> to make to make another object, which helped you solve the puzzle. Um, but it's so much more fun than most people think. It's a game and games are meant to be fun. And that's sort of what I try to get across to readers is that you should be enjoying mm. this. As I say, I I enjoy it a great deal. I I like the themes too. One of the recent themes was the Hobbit. I think, mm-hmm. you know, and and oh. and I wonder was were the th- did the themes come about to help with the solving to aid in with the solvers? How how did they start? Because there's lots of pop culture references and yeah and uh, yeah 
Tell us about yeah. the themes. Um, I don't know exactly when the themes started. I think that probably one of the first, you know, first of all, the New York Times crossword, and it really is the only one that I can speak to because I work for them, um, probably came about early on. The puzzle has only had four editors in 78 years. Uh, and the first editor was a woman named Margaret Farrar. Uh, she helped uh, through a lot of different venues. She helped uh, sort of solidify the rules of crossword puzzle constructing, which is what we call puzzle making. And uh, she might have had something to do with the themes. I'm not entirely sure. But uh, the themes, I like to think of the themes as sort of the skeleton of the puzzle. They are, the themes are a set of either long entries or a set of uh, entries seated throughout the puzzle that help the, that all have something in common and help the puzzle hang together. So, I'm sorry. So if you think that of the um, it's it's like a skeleton or it's like the frame of a house and everything else, is, all the other fill and air, clues are built around that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, I'm curious about how the puzzles are constructed. You, you use that word constructors. As I understand it, mm -hmm. you personally aren't responsible for making the puzzles any longer, but you write about the crosswords in, in the editorial piece, the companion, the wordplay. And yeah. so like the themes, do you get submissions from others to talk about the wordplay in, in, in wordplay? How, how do well, you draft that? And the tricky clues I thought was, was a very helpful part of that too. Well, uh, the first thing I, I should probably say is that, the, and I think I, I discussed this with you before, there are mm -hmm. a lot of moving parts to the New York Times crossword. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the major part of it, of course, is the puzzle itself, which is edited by Will Shorts and Joel Fagliano and Sam Azursky, uh, Will's team. And uh, sort of to support that and go with it is uh, the wordplay section, which started out as a blog, a daily blog written by Jim Horn and Pat Merrill. And in 2011, they left. Um, I was, at the time, I was a humor writer, which is which is what I am by trade. And um, they were leaving to climb other mountains, and Will offered me the job to take over wordplay. And eventually, I was asked to expand the editorial because I had, um, it bothered me that people were not solving because they thought they couldn't. So it, that sort of became wordplay's reason for being for me. I started to talk to the solver as opposed mm -hmm. to the experts. I talked to the beginners and said, you know, you can do this and here's how. These are some tips and tricks that you can use. Uh, so the, the current form of, of wordplay today is the daily column where we talk about the t uh, the tricky clues and we discuss the theme and I try to explain it to them and I write some terrible jokes just to keep people <laughs> laughing because I think you learn easier when you're laughing. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we talk about, you know, I tell stories and then we have constructor notes from, from the p actual puzzle makers to sort of give people a behind-the-scenes look. But in addition to the daily column, we also have a free How to Solve the New York Times Crossword Puzzle Guide. Um, we have a series on how to make a crossword puzzle. We have a weekly What the Heck is That, uh, where I talk about a word that a lot of people stop 
stumbled on in the past week and we define it and we show them how it might be clued so the next time they see it they might you know they have a better chance of getting it right uh and then you would ask me you know about submissions i don't get puzzle submissions but i do run a uh relatively new feature called solver stories and those are personal essays uh written by writers and other people who enjoy uh doing puzzles uh, about how puzzles have affected your life. Have they changed a relationship? Have they uh, taught you something about how to solve problems? And so I do get uh, submissions on that, and I uh, edit them. We are with Deb Amlin. Deb Amlin will be speaking at the Smithsonian Associates program titled Why We Love Crosswords. It's a puzzle. And Deb Amlin's presentation will be coming up. You can find more in our show notes about Deb Amlin as well as where you can get ticket information and other details. I just have a couple questions for you, Deb Amlin, because I, I know you're going to – I need, know you need to get right back to this, 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 this busy work that you do. And so I got to tell you, I, I, you know, I – I, I'm I'm older. Many in our audience are are that way. I guess I'm not really wild about solving puzzles. I love the online world, of course, but I'm not really wild about using the apps or the online versions or the i the tablet versions. I like paper, and so I I buy Will Short's books, um, the Smart Sunday the versions. He's got easy commute versions, and so I wonder about the role of technology with crosswords. Has that helped? Has it hurt? What's it meant? Is cheating? <laughs> Is using <laughs> using a Google Clue fair these days? <laughs> well, I, you know what? I think those are are all really terrific questions, and they're things that I spend a lot of time discussing on Wordplay because, uh, you know, my attitude and the attitude of the editors uh, is it's your puzzle. Do it any way you want. And again, that gets back to it's a game. The more pressure you put on yourself about, you know, how you're supposed to do it and where you're supposed to do it and whether you're supposed to do it on paper or on the app is just stress. And, (laughs) you know, the puzzle is there to sort of de-stress you. So I like to see, you know, you're definitely not alone. A lot of people, younger and older, do, you know, solve the puzzle on paper. They, you know, our print solvers are, are very important to us, you know, to the extent that uh, the, we put out a uh, an entire print section every year around Christmas called Puzzle Mania. And that has not just a super mega 50 by 50 crossword in it, but lots of other puzzles made by Will Shorts and other constructors as well. So we we definitely value our, our print uh, solvers. Uh, what I personally like about the app and about solving online is I can take it with me anywhere. Mm-hmm. So if I'm uh, commuting to work or if I uh, am, you know, on a train somewhere and I pull out my phone, I tend not to solve uh, the the daily puzzle on my phone because, again, I'm not far behind you and it's just too small for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do the mini and I do some of our other games like uh, Spelling Bee and Tiles and Letterboxd. You know, we have some other uh, mm-hmm. games that come out, which are for people who may not want to do the crossword, but, you know, are into uh, games that will stimulate your mind and they're mm-hmm, terrific. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally like to solve online because for me, it's less erasures and bloodstains, you know, <laughs> so I, I, 
I, I tend to think it's cl- it's cleaner for me and it's faster because again I do have daily deadlines so I need to be able to sort of race through it and I just don't write that fast. But if you want to do it on paper again it's your puzzle solve it your way if you want to look things up look them up because in my opinion it's not cheating it's learning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If I if I don't know something and I look it up and I do that a lot, I will tell I think that's one of the reasons why people like wordplay is that I am perfect. I lay everything bare. I'm perfectly willing to admit when I don't know something, when I've made a mistake. So people can say, well, if Deb, you know, screwed it up, then obviously <laughs> I'm I'm OK, um, you know, because I'm supposed to be the expert. But it's um, I think that if I look something up. I will know it better for next time. And I've learned something. I think that's terrific. I love it. I, You know, if there's a puzzle where I walk away and I haven't learned a new thing or a new word, I'm, I'm a little disappointed. Yeah, I think many of my audience love to learn. I, I still do. And, and as a matter of fact, I my wife and I do these together. So it's really, it's kind of a nice, you know, and and, oh. and I want to ask you about this idea of of kind of a community around crossword puzzle solvers because oh, there yeah. is, yeah, there, there's a real value in um, in being part of a community, whatever community that might be. And, and I think that this yeah. is a very positive thing to do together. It obviously is um, very much being discussed as uh, brain stimulation and, and aiding in our yeah. cognitive ability. But I think it, it would be, it would just make sense to me to have the times perhaps encourage um, a solving experience together. Is the times doing that? Absolutely. Are you participating in other work? Can our audience find out about that if they're interested? I guess. Well, uh, yeah. I another one. I have a lot of mottos, and another one of my mottos <laughs> is it's always better when you solve together. And the reason mm-hmm. I say that is because. You know, I talk to a lot of people about their experiences in solving, and I've written about this before, too. You know, we know a lot about the physiological effects of solving crossword puzzles, but you know, no one had really thought about the psychological effects. So a couple of years ago, when we were celebrating the 75th anniversary of the Times crossword, I had written an article uh, about why people solve. And, you know, it's not just because of uh, they think it's going to enhance their their cognitive you know cognitive awareness it's also because mm-hmm. when they pick up the puzzle they're most people start because someone they loved solved mm-hmm. if, for example i can remember uh leaning over my father's chair and watching him solve the new york times crossword puzzle uh you know and every once in a while he'd let me you know take a guess at one of the the answers and it was thrilling you know even as a child to be able to have that and watch him write it in and so that's a good memory for me. And a lot of people have told me about that. I've interviewed, you know, tons of people who say, oh, I remember doing that with my mom or I remember sitting with my grandmother and we would have hot chocolate while she was doing the puzzle. So it's a positive memory of having spent time with someone you love. And I think that when people pick it up, they pick it up as sort of, you know, a way to prove to themselves that, you know, they know a lot of things. But I think that there's a huge emotional component to it as well. And, um, you know, as far as what you were talking about, as far as community is concerned, you know, we have 
solvers of all ages and we have constructors of all ages there it's become a very hot thing to do you know and that was something that i tried i i really wanted to make uh crossword solving cool sort of like the way uh knitting used to be something that your grandmother did but then all of a sudden it became something that was very trendy for young people to do mm-hmm. i want mm-hmm. that to happen for crossword puzzles because it's such a terrific thing and it is good to do solo it's good to do together with somebody um, now, we have a very active comment section on wordplay, and there are uh, tons of people who come to wordplay just to talk to other people because they're either, you know, we're so we're such a scattered uh, society now. We were very mobile. Uh, maybe your family doesn't live nearby. Maybe you don't have anybody who would understand this, you know, obsessive pastime that we have about solving. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, for some people, and, and these are, you know, by and large, much older people, it can. I've had people tell me that sometimes it's it's the only social contact that they have with other people. Mm-hmm. And that's very touching to me that you can you can go online and you can sit down and talk to total strangers who understand what you're going through, who understand your your joy uh, about solving, or you know will sit with you and nitpick about the puzzle. But either way, I, you know, even more than the uh, cognitive uh, advantages to solving, I think that it helps cognitive awareness when you have uh, you know a social network. And that's that's sort of what wordplay uh, does for certain people. Uh, you know, not everybody, but you know, I, I think that after nine years, I have a um, a band of really hardcore people who show up every day, <laughs> and uh, we've been fortunate enough to build that up to the point where we get between three and four hundred comments a day. It's an ongoing hmm. conversation. There's a new puzzle every day. And uh, because people are, you know, we have an international readership, you know, people are commenting twenty four seven, depending on where you live. So, uh, and they've gotten to the point where they help each other in the comments. If somebody doesn't know something and I haven't covered it in the column, they'll pop up and ask a question, and somebody will help them, you know, through the solve. And I think that's terrific. <laughs> mm-hmm. I really do. I love my readers. All great information and uh, just wonderful to talk to you. You, you, Deb Ablin, are wonderful, and we're so grateful for all that you're doing. What a, what a wonderful activity and a wonderful community. I can just tell you have a wonderful pres- uh, personality and, and uh, sense of humor, and so I know your event upcoming is just oh, going to be great. You. Again, Deb Amlin will be at the Smithsonian Associates. title of her presentation is Why We Love Crosswords. It's a puzzle. <laughs> Deb Amlin, thank you so much for your time. We're going to put links up to where you can find out more information about Deb Amlin and, of course, her upcoming presentation. But, gosh, thank you so much for your generous time today. Thank you very much, Paul. My thanks to Deb Amlin, head writer and senior editor of the New York Times Wordplay column. Deb Amlin will speak at the Smithsonian Associates event on March 5th. For ticket details and more information, please check out today's show notes. On our website. Of course, my thanks to the Smithsonian team for all they do to support the show. Thank you, my dear Not Old Better Show audience, for your company today, and I hope you'll join me next time. Let's talk about better, the Not Old Better Show. Thanks, everybody.